Hi everyone, welcome back to On Campus with Miss T. I'm your host, Miss T. And I'm your co-host, David. And this is episode 11. Yes. I believe, yes. On set. Where we will be talking about technology in the classroom. And we will be interviewing our special guest, Johnny. Johnny the Geek. Mm-hmm. But before we go into that, well, normally we do our rewind right but this time it's kind of not really a rewind because it doesn't really have anything to do with anything (laughs) (laughs) i just felt like it was useful information um i've been doing some trainings at work and i just thought it should be information that everyone has not just people that work with kids i guess okay um so i just thought it'd be useful but keep in mind that i am not a medical professional right um, I'm not giving you medical advice necessarily. <laughs> uh, if you have questions or concerns about yourself or anyone else, make sure you consult your doctor or a medical professional. <laughs> <laughs> what advice are you giving? <laughs> so it has to do with seizures. Okay. And I feel like a lot of people don't know very much about seizures. Like, what do you know about seizures? I had training in it for my job I had a long time ago. Um, You're supposed to, like, move everything away when they have a seizure, like, clear the space. Mm -hmm. And then there's something else so they don't, like, they have to, like, turn them. Or I don't remember. You have to do something. (laughs) Well, before you had the training, did you know anything about seizures? No. Just know you spaz out. Yeah. I think most people just know whatever they've seen and movies or tvs which is basically you know that a seizure can be when someone will like be on the ground and is like flailing around right yeah um but there's actually a lot of different types of seizure seizures and seizures can look very different um that's i guess the most well-known seizure mainly because it's the most obvious type of seizure that you can have but there are also seizures where people just kind of stop. So, like, I could be talking to you right now and then just be like. <laughs> That'd be weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then just keep talking like how I was normally, right? And everyone's just kind of like, uh, what was that? <laughs> but that's a type of seizure where your brain just kind of, like pauses, right? Like it freezes, like when your computer freezes or something, right? It just kind of like stays there. (laughs) And then it just carries on. So like, um, seizures can look very different. But um, yeah, I did want to go over, I guess, what to do when you have a seizure, because a lot of people, if you have children, you don't know whether or not someone gets seizures until the day that they have a seizure. (laughs) Really, right? Like, um, I mean, maybe it is something that your doctor can tell somehow like i don't know like you might be prone to seizures or something yeah yeah um but yeah and also anyone can have a seizure it doesn't just have to be like a medical condition that you're born with or something um like if you fall down and hit your head or your neck or something a specific way you can go into a seizure so i feel like it is something that everyone should know Um, just in case you're ever in that situation, if you have kids, just in case, you know, hopefully not, but just in case your child ever does have a seizure or, 
Um, you're walking down the street, someone falls, you see them having a seizure, what do you do, right? <laughs> um, you Snapchat it. No. <laughs> but you can also Google it pretty easily. Um, yeah, I did a quick Google search and it came up on a WebMD. And it's pretty much what I was taught to do, which is what you said, keep, um, like keep things out of the way, right? So usually, I mean, you don't know what position they're going to be in when they start seizing, right? But what you're supposed to do is put them onto the ground and then clear everything else away from them so that there's no like tables they can hit themselves on or chairs they can hit themselves on, couches, TV stands, whatever, coffee tables, right? So you clear things out of the way and don't move the person. Move everything else around them so that they don't hit themselves, but don't move the person. Leave the person there, like wherever they fall or whatever. Um, and another thing is keep people out of the way. So kind of, I feel like instinctually, what you want to do is like, Hold them um, and keep them from moving around. But you're not supposed to do that because the only thing that that does is put yourself and that person more at risk of injury. Yeah. Because you can't stop <laughs> what their body is doing at that moment, right? But um, also, there's like a huge myth, right? That, or I guess it would be myth, I don't know. But what people... For some reason, I don't know if maybe it was actually a practice a long time ago or not, but do you know what I'm talking about? No. Where they tell you that if someone is having a seizure to put your wallet in their mouth. Okay, yeah. To keep them from like biting their tongue or choking on their tongue or something like that. Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) That is not what you're supposed to do. Do not put anything in their mouth. Um, if anything, what you can do is maybe like put a pillow under their head or something so that they don't hit their head. I was going to say, I think that's the thing they taught us too. Like if you have nothing, try to get a pillow or even use your shoe. Yeah. Or like put your hand under their head, whatever, just so that there's something there if they are banging their head against the floor or something. And I think we kind of talked about it in Jenny's podcast and Jenny's interview, um, where there's those dogs that can tell the signs of a seizure and like they can tell when it's coming somehow right but one of the things that the dog is trained to do is to like put itself in between the person and like the floor or whatever Um, so that they don't hurt themselves that's pretty cool yeah i thought that was awesome (laughs) (laughs) but yeah um obviously call 911 right unless it's like your child and your child has seizures all the time and they have medication and you already know that it's not a serious thing or whatever, right? If it's not that situation where you know exactly what's happening and you know that you don't need to call 911, call 911. (laughs) Uh, That should be kind of the first thing that you do, I guess. Um, Call 911 and start timing, like start a timer because 911 will want to know or whatever EMT will want to know how long the seizure has been happening for. Okay, that makes sense, yeah. Because I think, I might be wrong, but I think that the longer that you seize for, the more possible, like, brain damage there could be from that seizure. That's what I was going to say, yeah. So, yeah, make sure that you're timing it. Make sure someone's calling 911. If there's multiple people, um, 
Well, what I learned from CPR anyways, it's you're supposed to assign jobs if there's multiple people. So let's say it's me and you and someone has a seizure, right? So I'd tell you, okay, go with that person, move everything out of the way, put something under their head so they don't hurt themselves, right? And I'm going to call 911. So then I would be timing it. I would be talking to 911 while you're taking care of the person. Does that make sense? Yeah, just like any situation, someone just takes charge. And yeah, yeah. If hopefully someone does, usually. Well. Yeah, sometimes people freeze up. I remember yeah. um, there was a situation where someone that I knew was choking. And my family just kind of froze. <laughs> um, and then, like, I looked at my mom because my mom um, is in this field as well or whatever. And so she's trained in CPR and, like, um, first aid and blah, 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 right? And so I looked at her and I was like, Mom, like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, go give her the Heimlich maneuver or something, right? And she was like, oh, yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm going to call 911. And, like, because at that point, I think she had stopped, like, breathing already or something. Um, so, yeah, sometimes people freeze up. And that's totally normal. But hopefully someone <laughs> that's there <laughs> will be able charge. to take charge and kind of snap everyone else out of it and give them a role to play so that they can just go through the motions instead of having to think about it but yeah people just yeah, yeah they need that little uh voice like hey yeah it's just kind of like you panic and you don't know what to do so if someone's just giving you instructions it's a lot easier to just act without thinking yeah about what to do i guess Remember doing, what is it doing? Something's better than doing nothing, right? Sometimes. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but yeah, I think that was pretty much it. Okay. Um, but yeah, the main thing, I guess, I mean, for us, there's further instructions, but um, I, I guess if you're the parent and you know the medication, you probably know what to do already. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, your doctor or medical professional should have gone over that with you. So I'm not going to go into that because this would be just general. If you have no idea what's like what to do, it's just a random person. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that's pretty much it. Hopefully that's helpful for people. And then you never know what situation you're going to be in. Right. You could be just like taking your kids to the playground and all of a sudden someone starts having a seizure and <laughs> nobody <laughs> knows what to do, right? Yeah. So the more information that's out there, I think, the better. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. Definitely even just learning CPR or any, anything because you never know yeah. when you're going to need it. And anyone can take CPR classes. Yeah. Anyone can be CPR certified. You don't have to be like in some kind of profession. I forgot, there, I was at an airport recently and they have like CPR machines, like learn how to do CPR. Really? Yeah. That's cool, I didn't know that. Uh, I don't remember the airport, but yeah, like there's, it's easy to It's easy to do. You could look Google CPR yeah. classes. Some might even be free. Yeah, some might be free. Sometimes but they're kind of expensive though. They should, don't, they're not expensive. Try to find, I don't <laughs> think you're gonna, I don't know what an expensive class would get you. Maybe more hours. It's like the whole day, yeah. Yeah, I'm guessing more hours of training, which I guess could for, be good. Yeah, for us, the ones that we take, I think they're pretty late. They're like 100-something, but I don't pay for it. Like, my work will pay for it. Um, but I know it is expensive, those classes that we take. But it's like everything, like infant, toddler, adult, CPR, um, AED, 
and like first aid and stuff. So it kind of covers a lot of stuff. Nice. But yeah, you can just look it up and if you have the money, go for yeah. it. <laughs> if you can find a free one, then definitely go for it because that's pretty awesome. And it is useful information to have. Yes. It's come in handy multiple times outside yes. of work. <laughs> Yeah, I've never had to use it, but it, I should definitely take a class. Now that I'm thinking about it, like, it's good mm -hmm. to know. Even just, like, the first aid stuff. I'm like, sure you could YouTube it, too, probably. Probably, but I would feel better, like. And then also, it's better to actually be certified because if someone starts, like, they stop breathing in the street, random stranger, right, out in public, you go and you start performing CPR, if you break something or do something wrong they can sue you but that's what i'm saying see i think that's the problem to you like honestly now that i think about that like that's the reason i don't even i don't care to learn it yeah but I if you're certified for... you can have your card out they but, give you like a but card are you protected from lawsuits like what's what i don't that know that do? you're protected but you can say like i certified i did everything correctly like you know what don't don't even help anyone just help just get it for your family <laughs> people are evil They'll sue you. Like, there's a lot of stories like that. So, you know what? Just just learn it for your family's sake. Or just watch The Don't Office. Don't help a random stranger. Screw <laughs> that. You're going to get sued. Watch The Office, that one episode. Oh, uh, yeah. Michael does CPR. <laughs> Anyways, we should get, I guess, talk about our interview a little bit. Then we'll get to it. Yeah. So, our interview, our special guest today is Johnny. Otherwise known as Johnny the Geek. Um, Johnny on Instagram, I believe it's it's good to be geek or something like that. Um, but he'll tell us about that. Well, we'll post it up somewhere. Yeah, well, I, th I don't know. Yeah, he'll tell us about <laughs> that. Um, and he's going to be talking to us about tech, like technology in the classroom and technology that students should have and stuff. Yeah, what to get, what little tips and tricks, I guess. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it should be a good interview. Should be fun, yeah. Keep in mind that the audio might sound different because this interview was recorded um, on location, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in California. So the, the audio living room. <laughs> <laughs> so the audio might be a little bit different. Um, Bear with us. Yeah. <laughs> so we're here with our special guest Johnny, otherwise known as Johnny the Geek. Hello. <laughs> Um, Johnny has a YouTube channel where you cover what topic? Um, it's like how to's technology, uh, computers, like how to build computers, how to use software, stuff like that. But it's just a hobby. My main job is I work in IT at a college. How to get cracks, cracked software? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, how did you get into all the tech stuff? Um, well, it started back in 1980. No, I'm just <laughs> uh, well, actually, yeah. It, so it started with like uh, video games. I liked playing video games, and um, I, I had to like learn how to upgrade my PC so I could play this one particular game. And then it ended up just learned everything about the computer to try to make it run better, uh, so that I could play the game. And so that's kind of like what I do now today. That's my passion is like fixing or building computers so they can run some games. Um, I mean, that's not like my, my main job is to mm -hmm. do that so that computers can play games. But, you know, I work in a, like a computer lab, network environment, typical school uh, mm -hmm. type of uh, uh, environment. 
but it all started with being able to run games on these computers. I think that's cool. how you guys kind of got into computer. Yeah, that's type the only stuff. reason <laughs> I'm involved. I uh, we ran into each other in community college, and then I found out that he did a video a video game club with these guys, my brother. Yeah, in, back middle, in school. middle school. So that was a while ago. So that's uh, <laughs> yeah, and we played uh, Starcraft. Yeah, we had to install it and uninstall. Everything. So was, this is way before <laughs> this is way before the term esports ever existed. <laughs> we were already doing it. <laughs> Was that Windows ninety eight, right? Yeah, and uh, <laughs> what year was this? Two thousand three, two thousand four. <laughs> I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, those years. Yeah, around there. But we didn't introduce you though. Oh, yeah. not important. You are. <laughs> I was going to say. He wanted just... to be in the podcast. <laughs> we gotta get him a chair. <laughs> He's like, if you want Johnny, you have to have me. <laughs> Uh, wait, what was the question? Did you ask me a question? Would you like to introduce yourself? <laughs> oh yeah, my name is Rafael and I work at the same community college as uh, my friend Johnny here does. And uh, this guy actually taught me a lot as well when it comes to computers. He taught me how to build them. And I still don't know how to build them. I usually mess them up and I have to go back to Johnny. <laughs> Johnny, what happened? He's like, I plug in like three power cords at once. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, uh, looks like we fried something. Yeah. <laughs> But so far I haven't, surprisingly. You, you, you keep, I mean, it's good to scare me, doom and gloom, that I'm going to fry the computer parts. But so far, nothing has been fried. Yeah. Except that one time I built that computer and I put the power, the, never mind, doesn't matter. <laughs> so, continue. Um, so I know that you both work at a community college, but I did want to ask, like, in your experience, I know you have some experience working with public schools or like yeah so I worked in LAUSD um, mm -hmm. at, a, at a middle school and I did that for about two years working in a computer lab so with technology primarily mm -hmm. all right <laughs> yeah. so I did want to ask how you felt I guess if the public school system was doing a good job in your opinion incorporating tech or getting on that tech like bandwagon to okay. incorporate tech within classrooms um, I mean, like in the past, so I haven't worked at, at uh, LAUSD. I primarily did, uh, for the past 10 years, I've been working in, um, in uh, the higher ed mm -hmm. uh, sector, the community colleges. But I guess you can also consider that public schools, yeah, the yeah. higher ed. Yeah, right. Um, so what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> if you think that public schools are doing a good job incorporating technology. I think that answers your question. <laughs> can't even... Ah, what did you, did you say something to me? <laughs> um, so I think in the past like year, they're moving towards doing a good job of incorporating tech, right? And so that's not really the school's fault necessarily it's it's really just um a lot of tech has been built for not for schools like a lot of tech has been built for corporate or for um uh, consumer uh okay. markets right for education in like institutions or something yeah they haven't really figured out most institutions will try to just take consumer or corporate stuff and kind of mash it together mm -hmm. to kind of you know make it fit. yeah jerry rig <laughs> okay. something for the purposes right so part of my job is like uh, uh content creation creating instructional material for online and um uh so there's been a lot of tools that i've used 
uh, but it's it comes from like video production side of things, right? So it's not really meant for education. And, and but as of recent, like just the other week, I got a demo on a product uh, called Echo Three Sixty, and it's like a lecture capture uh, type of software system, mm-hmm. and it's for instructors to be able to record themselves. Uh, given a lecture and then there's all kinds of interactive um, content as well so it's not just oh. a straight-up video So like an online lecture yeah yeah oh. right so uh, there's tools coming out for that but it can only it can be used for online only but it could also be used for in class or mm-hmm. like a, what's called like a hybrid where you have a physical in class um, type of uh, environment but then you have you know the an lecture online portion of it. yeah an online portion so some people can get back into it uh, rewatch the, the lecture oh, or whatever okay. um, and, and it could be recorded or the content could be produced live in the class you know mm-hmm. for later posting right for later review that type of thing so all that stuff all those tools are just kind of coming out now right okay. before it's always been just all you could really do is just do screen capture so there's mm-hmm. always been, like for the past 10 years, yeah. it's just screen capturing your desktop, right? Um, like the Khan Academy videos, mm-hmm. it's just screen capturing the desktop uh, and then talking over it, right? So that's kind of been around for, for a long time. And so only now is it starting to get really good. Um, like more uh, interactive. And, and more yeah. useful, yeah. 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 And that's coming from, you know, such products as like lynda.com or Skillshare, one of those third-party outside companies who've been making educational materials Mm -hmm. right so they all have those features but like they're professional companies who have professionals you know help um, really producing the content right now instructors they don't know how to do all that stuff right they need something like super simple to just hit a (laughs) button turnkey solution and and be able to produce you know a content like that Um, so probably a part of the problem and of integrating technology within the classroom would be like as teachers retire <laughs> and right. we get younger people coming right. into the classroom that actually know a lot more about technology and how yeah. to operate it yeah yeah so um, yeah and even the younger ones coming in some of them too they're not too tech savvy yeah you'll be I'm, I'm very surprised how many young people are not tech savvy like your little brother like he's the worst yeah. and he's like or me. <laughs> I'm, but I, I'm like I your little brother he's what is he 21 yeah, should, I think 21 or 22. And I'm like, damn, like, you should know some of these. And that's okay. <laughs> I, I don't hold it against them yeah. because, you know, they got to be professionals or um, uh, know the content that they're teaching, right? Like if it's like history mm-hmm. or politics and stuff mm-hmm. like that, right? Utilizing tools, technology uh, that revolves around technology, um, you know, things got to be like super simple for people who that's not their... That's not their Think of like kindergarten toys, like like a big record button and like, (laughs) and then press me, and then yeah, and then then it just does everything automatically, and then just like a big, oh okay, now I want to do this, yeah, (laughs) like three buttons, that's it, yeah, Mm -hmm. that is true, yeah. Um, what would you change if anything? Like maybe you don't agree with the way that they're going about doing things or something. The, the things that I see often that I actually work with, uh, because I work with audio-video equipment in the classrooms, mm-hmm. right? When teachers give a lecture and stuff like that. Yeah. The equipment that's in the classroom, it's over-engineered. Like, it's just, there's way too much stuff in there that doesn't mm-hmm. need to be in there. And they just spend a ton of money <laughs> to build that stuff. I think it's, like, overpriced, too, because it's, like, it, you know, because it goes in a special cabinet. 
that it's going to cost mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. an exorbitant amount of money. And, you know, so you have things like a projector and your content, your input source, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of instructors will either bring their laptop, laptop. so you just need that as an input source, uh, or uh, there's a desktop there mm-hmm. in there already, right? And honestly, I think that's all you need, really. But there's like way a whole bunch of other stuff, like a Blu-ray player, a yeah. VHS player, <laughs> soundboard, uh, 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 something called a bi-amp, which is like more sophisticated kind of a amp for amplification of sound, mm-hmm. right? Um, like I think you just need a simple amp and like speakers, and then you just control the sound with the Sounds with not. the computer, yeah. yeah, right? Or just on the computer, just like volume oh, volume yeah. down, yeah. right? Because that's and then all of your content because it's going to be streamed from the internet, or it's going to be could be a Blu-ray or DVD DVD player. Uh, they have that built in. They have computers yeah. have yeah. still have Blu-ray players built in. You don't need a separate Blu-ray player. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got to have like a panel, uh, and then you got to have something called a, a you know a switcher that like takes all of that stuff and it's incorporated into the panel mm-hmm. um like it's just i gotta fix all that stuff like it's just yeah. too much like <laughs> you know it's just too many points of failure right yeah. and it all, all costs money and then things come become obsolete and then you gotta like replace all that stuff with the new version of things yeah and again it just costs a whole lot of money and half the time i never really ever see Anyone the instructor using, using every single one of those things <laughs> right yeah so that's true it's also intimidating when you go yeah. to that when you open up the yeah. cabinet you go, what the fudge yeah. it's the like cables like, everywhere oh. in the back and yeah. buttons everywhere <laughs> yeah. I could figure it out by looking at it, but that's me though, right? And I could just imagine like a, the professor just being confused and just, ooh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, so <laughs> another question I wanted to ask, a lot of people now that technology is a huge part of our lives, right? People always say like technology is ruining the youth of America or whatever. Yeah. So what would you say to people that would say that to you? Uh... <laughs> You know, there there are problems. Like, I'm not going to try to sugarcoat it and pretend like there aren't any problems with, like, youth and using uh, technology. But, you know, it's like it with anything, not just technology. If the youth is just using one thing, they're just doing one thing all the time, over and over, and they're not doing anything else, mm-hmm. I see it as being kind of a problem. Like, if it's just video games, right? If they're just doing video games... Uh, and it's just like spending a, a whole lot of time and not doing anything else, then yeah, yeah I kind of see it kind of ruining, it could potentially ruin ruin their lives because it's like an addiction, like they become addicted to it, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so there's that. And then, and it's hard for me to kind of say, well, like, you know, I grew up with half my day spending going outside and playing, like playing sports and stuff with friends, mm-hmm. and then half my day spending on the computer. Like doing geeky stuff, playing video games, <laughs> yeah. doing all that stuff, right? Half and half. So it's easy for me to say that because the, at the time, like we didn't have as much technology as there was as there is right now, mm-hmm. right? I didn't have the internet. I didn't have uh, mobile phones where I can have the internet yeah. wherever I go. Like I didn't have any of that. So it was easy for me to be like, well, I'm bored of this computer yeah and, and, and ms paint yeah right because that's all i had and minesweeper yeah like, that's all i, I want to play with you yeah i'm tired of this i'm gonna go outside and play because i could hear people yeah. playing and like not everybody had computers or video games this, yeah. yeah yeah so it was easy it was easy for me right so but i i do believe like as much as i love technology now and like i incorporate it in almost everything that i do Mm-hmm. Um, I still think like people got to get out there and like you know 
exercise or yeah. get out in the real yeah. world. Take it in moderation. And, yeah, and interact with people as well, but like <laughs> also get like you know get some exercise, get be, stay healthy, yeah. like mentally and physically. Yeah, and there's definitely I think ways to mix both. Still, like I don't know, I love going to the mountains and you know take po- pictures or Snapchats. Like I'm, well, yeah. the, the Pokemon Go app was really good for a while when it hit. Like it made yeah. everyone yeah, go, outside. go outside and talk and then. Like you were saying, right now, it's it's back then when we were young, it was enticing to hear someone laughing outside and go and me going on the computer. Screw this! I'm gonna go outside and play yeah. instead of listening to MIDI music and yeah. So now it's like, and then now when I'm playing a video game and I hear someone laughing, I'm like losers. Can you keep it down? Yeah. Go back to your own. Play some video games. Yeah, yeah and uh, you know, even if the if the youth today only did technology, didn't really get out much. You know, maybe you know, I don't know. Somebody might have like physical certain disabilities, or they're just not like coordinated enough, or like you know, or anything like that. There's always something out there for somebody. But if they did do nothing but technology all day, I'd like them to mix it up at least. Like. It's not just all video games or watching videos of video games. It's like video games a little bit, maybe building robots a little bit, right? Yeah. Or maybe like something else, like creating content, like making videos of you building robots or making videos of you um, uh, playing video games, right? Like contributing, not just like closing the whole world off. Yeah. And yeah. Just do that one <laughs> thing. Just Fortnite. Right? <laughs> like, that That I don't agree with. But again, that could be for anything. It could just be like, you know, somebody like, uh, I don't know, doing puzzles all day. All yeah. Day. yeah all they did true. is like, they talked to nobody and just did puzzles all day and that's, that's when things get yeah. problematic. The idea is you need stimulation and, you're, and you don't get stimulation when you keep doing the same repetitive task over and over and right, over again. Right. Mm-hmm. Unless you're hooked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, kind of going off of what you said about closing everyone else out, yeah. I wanted to ask, like, do you think that technology is in any way stunting or having a negative impact on the social or interactive aspects within classroom settings? Oh, within the classroom settings? Mm-hmm. Mm, that's tough. Because like... usually, like, a, if a teacher asks a question, you raise your hand, you interact with people around you, you like exchange ideas blah 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 but if it's all like online or via technology it kind of limits that um in the techno in the educational field uh, i think it would probably be as, as you know assuming like everyone's being professional when they're like leaving comments and stuff like that mm-hmm. and and being courteous and not you know harassing or anything like that then i think uh it's it's it would be one and the same or if not maybe even better because some people may not be able to in a live environment come up with something like in depth on the spot yeah on the spot and then like be really really nervous mm-hmm. you know they might have a problem with like talking in front of people Social so just stay, yeah they'll just be quiet but that will keep them from like saying something very thoughtful or intuitive or um inspiring mm-hmm. you know to like let it out and and i feel like if they were to like just type it out and like be able to like be calm uh, they can even like leave a video response some people like me myself i i get like really nervous trying to talk in front of a you know live crowd but like in front of the camera oh yeah i could talk easy and <laughs> yeah. like say stuff real easy because there's nobody around 
Yeah. With judgmental eyes. <laughs> judging, you. <laughs> judging me, right? Looking you are all, the problem. Looking at all my imperfections and stuff like that. Um, uh, so yeah, and and so I think like with technology, I think it could help that. And then people who are fine live, I think they'll just do fine with the the technology. Yeah. Either as way. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but who knows? Maybe even people who are you know good at speaking live, maybe they would even have something more insightful when they're gonna type it out. Yeah, that's true. Or say something, you know. So that's just from my experience. Yeah. Is there any tech that you would recommend for people to have in classrooms to kind of create that sort of environment where people are interacting, but like with technology? Um, I'd have to be given like a specific scenario other than like the mobile devices and like people doing polls, right? Mm-hmm. Like as. Uh, answering a question that an instructor puts up on the projector and yeah. then people having um, uh, mobile devices yeah, and, and mm-hmm. being able to like leave their opinions by typing it out yeah. and then you know that kind of overcomes people talking over everyone. Over each other, yeah. Right at the same time and so then you could just have all that data and review it, uh, all, everyone's comments, right? Going yeah, yeah. that's true. Stuff like that. Um, and then you could also even... Like, if it's anonymous, then, again, it would break that barrier of people being shy or people being self-conscious right. about contributing. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, last question mm. is, what would your, like, tech re- recommendations or, like, tech must-haves be for students that are either in high school or in college that uh-huh. are, like, starting to go back to school? Okay. Well, that's going to have to be... The first thing that people often overlook is utilize all the free stuff that schools <laughs> give you, right? In terms of like software and services. Like not a lot of people know this, but if you have an EDU account, like you get Microsoft products for free. Like that's already really? like yeah, like a uh, uh, like Microsoft Office, well, right? Especially that. in uh, in the higher ed with um, uh, with the Los Angeles Community, Community College. College districts. Right, so uh, all of the colleges pay for um, Microsoft Office 365. So every student gets Microsoft Office to install on up to five computers, five devices, right? That's all free, right? Uh, And it comes with their um, email address. So when they log into their email, their student email address that the school gives them, there's a section where you can download and install Microsoft Office, right? And you also get a terabyte of online storage of space. Right, awesome. of uh, Microsoft OneDrive, okay. right? But um, I'm willing to bet too that just having a .edu account, even if your school doesn't buy into the whole Office 365, that Microsoft gives you a, a um, the Microsoft Office products by having just a .edu account by registering it, mm-hmm. you get Microsoft Office um, uh, uh, services and 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 apps. Okay. Right. So there's there's the there's the um, apps that you download and install, and then there's the web version of things. And Microsoft has a really good um, uh, web version of all their products, like Word. You know, it's it's a web version of it that's in a browser. Uh, PowerPoint, right? And you can get by with just all of that stuff. And all of it, uh, most of it, has like the same features as like a desktop app, but it's in the cloud. Mm-hmm. Right, so utilize all that cloud power and cloud services that you get for free for just being a student, right? And then there's other, other products and services too that you can get um, 
for just being a student. Mm -hmm. So so utilize all that. And then in terms of equipment, actual like laptops and stuff, you want to find a tr uh, find a laptop that has good battery life, right? Um, it doesn't have to have like all the bells and whistles or anything like that. Just find something that has um, a good battery life that's like under nowadays anything that's around the four or five hundred dollar mark mm -hmm. is like really good for for college right even if you went less with like there's laptops for like two hundred dollars two hundred fifty dollars those are good too if you utilize just all of those online versions of things like the web version of word oh, yeah, the web yeah. version of powerpoint and stuff like that not necessarily downloading onto the computer, onto the computer. so you can get away with completing most of your work, unless you're in a class that requires a very specific, special type of software, right? Like if you're in video production classes or content creation classes, multimedia classes, you need like Adobe software. That's when you gotta start spending some bucks on good equipment, <laughs> yeah. right? For content creation type of stuff. Um, but in terms of like any other discipline, um, uh, yeah, you, you can get by with, with anything less than five hundred dollar for for a laptop and then uh you know carry around a portable battery you can get those for about 20 bucks portable batteries for your your cell phone pri primarily because you're going to be out all day mm -hmm. going to school so you need um extra battery power for that uh, a couple of thumb drives um keep that around with you at all times those are very cheap and uh and, and depending on what kind of a user you are like look into getting the extra warranty for accidental type of stuff especially with laptops like if you're the kind of person that just kind of like i don't know likes eating around oh, yeah. stuff right and think your, your your laptop's really crusty and dirty uh, or you drop things like buy that insurance because it's it's worth it um you know just a lot of it's no questions asked you just they come and fix it or they give you another one or they give you credit for another another laptop so oh, nice. um, look into that, right? Mm -hmm. um, Dell offers some pretty good uh, warranties uh, okay. and, and um, uh, what is it? accidental damage. Mm -hmm. And like in terms of like where to go buy a laptop, this is what I always tell people when they ask me, hey, where should I go buy a laptop? I tell them to go to a Microsoft store, right? And uh, by the way, all these products that I'm listing, like, I'm no way paid not by or sponsored by. Not sponsored. not sponsored by any of them, right? I like your all Microsoft shirt, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm not, like, this is just my experience, and, like, I, I shop a lot, and so I, people are always asking me, like, where to go for things, whatever. Um, that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of, like, my pastime. That's also my hobby. That's where I, like, what I do in my free time is, like, on a we're Saturday like, morning. Yeah. Yeah. We're always sending shop. each other like, like, oh, check out this deal, Johnny. Check yeah, out this yeah. deal. <laughs> yeah. um, and I'm always like shopping. I'm not buying anything, but like I'm just looking because I know someone's going to ask me <laughs> where to get something, right? So the, the reason why I like the Microsoft store is because, one, it's a physical store for you to look, uh, to be able to touch and feel the laptop that you want. Like it comes down to sometimes aesthetics, like the size of a laptop, like... Mm -hmm. I could ask people, would you want a 12 inch, 13 inch, 15 inch, or 17 inch? They have no idea what reference. What size that would yeah, be. Yeah, how does that look in front of them, right? So you go there and you can see that. And then um, budget wise, like they have everything that ranges from like low, like 500, which is kind of the minimum I would want to spend for a laptop, to like anything to like two grand, like high end type of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. um, or maybe, maybe more like 1500, not, not so much as. Anything after 1500 that's like super, super high end. 
So they got that good range of in the middle of everything, right? And so what Microsoft actually does is that they go out and they find really popular and good models of laptops and they carry like every brand, every major brand. So they got Acer, Asus, oh. they've got um, Lenovo and they'll have a Dell and an HP, mm -hmm. right? Those are all the top brands. And then they got their own brand, which is Microsoft, yeah. mm -hmm. right? So, and they pick just one from each one of those companies, maybe two, right? And it's the two like most popular ones, right? Mm -hmm. So you know, and these are the ones that I would actually, if I had to go out and find, search, the, scour the internet for, <laughs> these are the same ones that I would pick, right? Mm -hmm. So because after researching specs, price, performance, um, these are the ones. So they have people doing the same thing that I would be doing anyways, and they just pick for the store uh, what they want to sell. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, for them it, you know, minimize costs cause they're not buying like every single and stocking up on every single yeah. brand and model. Yeah. So it's just cheaper to buy in bulk the good ones that people should yeah. buy and that are going to last long and people are going to be happy with. So, um, so yeah, I, I trust the choices that they would make mm -hmm. that they have in the store. And then they have something called the Microsoft signature series. So a lot of the times the, when you buy a laptop, it comes with all kinds of trialware. It's all kind of bloatware, like 60 days of antivirus this oh, yeah. and like, yeah. you know, and then like it just kind of clutters your system up after, you know, the, the trials are all, yeah, are all over. <laughs> and then you got problems, right? Uh, and I know this because people are always bringing their laptops to me because of all that stuff. They just get problems. So Microsoft, what they do is they have a signature series where it's just straight up Microsoft Windows and then that's it. There's no bloatware or oh, anything nice. like that. There might be like a, an app from the manufacturer of the laptop, uh, but that's just to like manage things like battery and, and you know, stuff like that performance a little bit. But there's no, there's typically no bloatware when it comes to those machines. So that's what I tell people to buy. Even when it's like they want me to install software and configure the laptop for them, I mm -hmm. tell them, all right, well, go to the Microsoft store, pick one out, buy it, and then bring it to me, and then I'll, and I'll work on it and fix it up for you, right? Mm -hmm. uh, or if they just give me the money, that's where I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna go to the Microsoft store, buy it there. And it's a physical store that they can also, if, if for whatever reason they need to do something with warranty-wise, mm -hmm. and they can't deal with online, people don't know how to ship things out, then they can just take it to the Microsoft store oh. and deal with it and not bring it to me the real to <laughs> send it in for them. Waste my time. Yeah, send it in for them. It sounds like you're having issues at your own. They poured, personal issues. I know, right? <laughs> Dang it, Jan! Because they poured coffee all over it. Uh, yeah, and so yeah, that's pretty much all the tech tips that I could recommend in getting. In getting. Oh, interesting. It stopped. Quiet. What did you do? How long has it stopped? Is it, barely, is it new? It or? just barely stopped. Okay. You guys should have a timer. I don't oh, know. Oh, is that? Is this stopped at 30 seconds. minutes? 30 minutes. Yeah. 30 minutes. Oh. I don't know. That's sorry. I knew I was going to talk too much. No, it happens all the time. Yeah, it happens every time that we film anything. No. Did you push record? Oh, it's zoomed in right now, I think. Wait, no, what is it? No, never mind. What are we talking about? There should be a tally light. Is it set to video? Yeah. Why'd you guys get how much was this camera when you guys get it? Not video. We got it like in March. How come you guys didn't ask me? I oh. asked that's the one. <laughs> he told me that's like the no, one. It's not, it's not. Is it full maybe? There's probably the card's oh, you full? Know what? It might be because it's on but it, manual. 
they started recording before. Yeah. How do you, oh, you just press the button? Work, maybe, yeah, I just pushed the button. Hmm. I was going to say, because they sell cameras that don't have that limitation. It's just they do it because oh, yeah, tax I reasons. Know. Yeah. Well, that's why, because this is the cheaper one. Hmm. So you told me about that one. No, even the other ones have. For Canon, I think all the Canons have that limitation. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. I don't know. He just said that one was like cheaper and like that's, it's like good quality. Like the image yeah. or whatever. It's a good card. It probably got full. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, is the memory card full? It would tell you. It would be like memory card full. Oh. The tech guy is here and he can't fix the camera. <laughs> Delete this podcast now. He's a fraud. <laughs> Johnny the fraud. Yeah, it's supposed to be blinking red, right? Yeah, well, not blinking. Turn it off, take out the battery, and, and then see what happens. It'll have a red dot in the corner. I don't think it blinks. It well, just has turn, it. It turn it off. Yeah, turn it off, yeah. Good old turn it off. Like, when you press it, it focuses. Yeah, it doesn't do it. It's trying to take a picture or Is there a uh, special button for recording? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Now you just no, well, let, me just see, let me see if I put it to manual. That's the only thing. Oh, yeah, even on manual, I don't want to record. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, wow. What were you guys Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> on some cameras, that, that also records. David's only been using this camera for wait, how many wait, episodes wait. now? I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna go put it back because I put it on manual, so I'm gonna put it oh. on to see the mode that you had. Oh, okay. She's the one who usually sets it up. Yeah, I always mm -hmm. set up the camera. He does the audio. I don't really, I don't know much about. I like how we, I didn't put the light now. to it right, yeah. and I, I realized that right in the beginning. I'm like, watch, whatever. Who cares? <laughs> the light should have been over there next to the camera. I don't even know where we were though. What were we talking about? Um, uh, I had just given my recommendations for technology for college students, Microsoft. and then I was like. Uh, that's it. That's all the yeah. advice that I have for the college students. Do you, don't you also get um, discounts just with having EDU, like for certain things? I think some places, some places offer discounts. Yeah, uh, the Apple Store they offer a ten percent discount, so that kind of covers the taxes, which is good when you're spending like, you know, a grand. Yeah. Or twelve hundred, for something. Ten percent is it's quite a bit. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Right. And if you have the money, you go Apple. Yeah, so I'll admit, like, you know, I'm a PC guy, but I work in a lab full of Apple, Mac, um, MacBooks, yeah, computers. <laughs> um, they're built very well in terms of the laptops, like the MacBook yeah. Pros. Some, though, you got to be careful. They've been having issues, like, with the MacBook Pros or the MacBooks. Um, with the keyboard, like, dust getting in the into the keys... And ruining the messing up the the keyboard, so oh. so wash your hands and don't eat <laughs> yeah. around your MacBook Pros. Don't be gross. Clean it out <laughs> dust gets under there and, they, and it ruins it. And there's been like recalls and repairs for for those um, for those MacBooks. Have you been keeping up with um, freeware like Open Office, Google Docs, stuff like that? Um, some colleges, at, they're at, if they're not on Microsoft, they're on Google, so they'll provide. Free Google, uh, like Google Drive space, cloud space, uh, the Google email system, and then yeah, Google Docs. 
Um, those are good if your whole class and your environment, the, the, your, your classmates and, and the instructors, if they all use that, great, then, then run with that. Um, use the whole Google ecosystem if that's okay. what your college or school is, is built on. But if everyone's using something different? Yeah, it, I mean, like, you might be a fan of Google and all that, uh, but if your college is using Microsoft, stick with the Microsoft. And and honestly, like, like a lot of people, what I notice is that even some schools will tell students, oh, here's how you forward your student emails to your own personal email, right? Uh, and that's great, but honestly, like, I like to keep the school-related stuff, work-related stuff, in its own environment, in its yeah. own app. Yeah. So, you know, if, you're on the, if your school's on Microsoft and everybody uses Outlook then, um, download the Outlook app, link up your school email in there, and, and just communicate with people, classmates, the schools, your professors. Communicate with them through just that Outlook app, right? It works really well. Uh, it works, you know, all the time, most of the time. And then um, when you have things forwarding to your personal email, now you got, it's an extra step. Now you got to remember, like, when you hit reply, you're not replying back to the person who sent you the email. You're replying back to your own student email, right? So oh. if you have your student email forwarding your email that somebody sent you to your Gmail account, Right when you hit reply, you're just going back to your student email. You're just replying to your yourself. Yeah, you're not replying to your professor or whoever sent you the email, right? And so that's when like there's miscommunications. Yeah, people are like, oh well, I told you I replied back to you. Don't drop me or whatever. And then you know you log back into your student email and you just realize you just sent it to yourself. Yeah, right. And so like people are just like not realizing that. So that's just an extra step. And so then now you gotta like. Even if you knew that, now you got to log back into your student email, and then you got to reply back to whoever sent you the email, and that's just that's just an extra step. Yeah, yeah. unnecessary. Just, <laughs> just have the second, you know, the other app, and just yeah. have all of your school keep it separate. You don't accidentally say the wrong thing, thinking you're replying or whatever. Like, it's just keep the two worlds separate, and, <laughs> yeah, and that makes sense. Things yeah. will be efficient and, and, and good. Organized. Sounds yeah. like a yeah. Nazi to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Segregate everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, does uh, anyone else have any more questions? Uh, no, good. All right, well, that was all the questions I had. So Sweet. If that's it, thank you so much. Awesome. Yeah, thank you <laughs> we for having me. This is my first time being on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. Check out the YouTube channel if you have not. Or my Instagram. I think I've produced more content on my Instagram now. Yeah, so. like, sh shout it out. So. Uh, yeah. It, on IG, um, it's good to be geek, and that's kind of like the food and fun type of stuff, right? But okay. if you really want to go hardcore, like the tech content, then uh, I'm at Johnny the Geek. All right, so that was fun with Johnny. Yeah, it was a good interview. Mm -hmm. Nice Had little a... things if I was a college student, but I'm yeah. not. Yeah. Don't plan on going back. Or a high school student. Yeah, even high school. Or a teacher trying to figure out how to incorporate tech True. in the classroom. But... I'm sure it's probably hard to <laughs> to get stuff like that in your classroom. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You need probably need to be a college level, mm -hmm. have a, somewhat more of a better budget, or just yeah, have a support a school. <laughs> yeah, that has that kind of budget. I guess that kind of money. We did have a couple in, 
interruptions, though. Yes. <laughs> and we apologize for that. It was not a closed set, <laughs> I guess you could call it. But, um, yeah, that was kind of weird. <laughs> but anyways, um, kind of going off of the interview, right, um, the topic of tech and tech and children, tech and classrooms, all that stuff, I did find an article from uh, Aston University that was published July 25th, 2017, and it's called Are Screens Ruining Childhood Innocence? Um, I think they are. Like, I think kids have, like, I've seen, I have a bunch of nieces and nephews, so I've seen the ones that are on tablets versus the ones that are not, and there's a huge difference, like, huge, like, it's kind of sad. I'm like, or even if they are on tablets, it's just like their use is monitored and limited, compared to just kind of like unlimited. Well, yeah, use. you have they have to be limited. <laughs> That's the thing, and I'm talking about the ones that are not limited. It's yeah. just like yeah, it's my tablet. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can do whatever I want. They're even bored of the tablet. Versus like if my other nephew, if he had the tablet, he'd go whoa, he'll go crazy because he never has it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, people get, if you're going to ha- give them a tablet, make sure you limit it, that use. Like, Limit their screen time. Yes, because it, it's a huge difference. I'm telling you, huge difference. Yeah. Even just like, uh, yeah, just the the way they talk, even I think them talking. Like I've noticed that like, um, like they, they have a better what is it, vocabulary, I guess? That are ones that are non-tablet, I would say. Or even, like, their speech, too, might yeah, be their more clear. Yeah. Then... So, yeah, it's a huge difference. And I get it. Like, it does, like, it's like, uh, people are tired. Like, that's a way to... Keep them, them distracted while you're making dinner, yeah. while you're watching TV, while you're... Yeah, doing whatever. Anything. Doing anything. <laughs> trying to do anything. Yeah. So I'm talking of... I don't have kids, so I don't really know how it is. Yeah, yeah. And I know it's a lot of time, but yeah. But I would say if you can't try to limit that tablet use, because I've seen it firsthand the difference, and it's like, yeah, yeah, night and day. Yeah, a lot of the times we have to talk to parents about that, because, yeah, like you said, you, you do see a difference. Like, I've had students where, yeah, like, maybe they don't talk yet right like i have students where for whatever reason they just don't talk yet um but they will like sing along to videos or something um and people think like oh that's that's good and yeah it is good that they are verbalizing something but i feel like that almost just makes them like only use the tablet like okay just use the tablet all the time because we're seeing some activity there right yeah but you take away that human element does that make sense like if i ask the child a question like they don't really know how to have a conversation how to respond because they're just used to interacting with the tablet with video does that make sense yeah there's so just a watching, I guess, not really. Yeah, or singing along or so like I I'll be able to get some students to sing along like 
like clean up, clean up, right? Because that's what they're used to. But then when you try to engage with them in a conversation, it's like a lot harder for them to be able to do that. But I mean, that's not everyone, obviously. Yeah. It's just some kids that I've worked with. But yeah, we usually give out handouts of like what screen time kind of does. Like it promotes like like not being active. So usually kids can become overweight. Kids can become like um like uh, what's the word? Basement mm. dwellers? No. <laughs> <laughs> um I don't know, like they just won't be inclined socialize. Yeah, they won't yeah. be inclined to socialize as much to go have like meaningful interactions i guess with people or mm. engage in play or exercise right because at that age play mm. is just exercise or exercise is just play right i guess that's i would say that's kind of true to like um people that don't have big families because like i'm thinking of my family and like even though a lot of them are on tablets but when they're all together they're all playing they're all socializing so there's like no issue in that regards yeah. i guess because they all have their little group of yeah. primos and primas, you know? But when your family comes over, you guys play, but you're all just playing on, like, video games and stuff. <laughs> I not. I didn't play any video games when I was there. What are you talking about? When your family came over here? Oh. That's well, what we were usually doing. Yeah, we're all freaking yeah, we're not, adults. Not children, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. We could have done something else. We did do stuff. You know what? This is a conversation <laughs> off the air. <laughs> but yeah. Limit screen time. But in the article, it talks about um, the Screen Society or something, which I guess is part of the university and they're doing some screen kind society. of research. Sounds so secretive. I know, it sounds <laughs> weird. They're doing some kind of research, I guess, about screen time and the effects that it's having on childhood innocence and the article specifically kind of um focused on this story of a five-year-old boy that was caught sexting so he was like sending pictures of himself i guess and like jesus yeah and so there's a quote that says uh the screen society has coined the term screenagers to describe this generation, which is now in constant contact with digital devices. And I just thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> Screenagers. Or they like, not puns. Is that, is that a pun? No, it's not a pun. It's just a term. A made up term. Mm-hmm. And then there's another quote that says, and this is in regards to the little boy and the sexting and stuff. It says, they know how to share an image of themselves, but they don't understand the significance and the consequences this action can have on their well-being. And that was a quote from Dr. Kevin Dixon of Teesside University. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but yeah. So basically the article just talks about how I think it says something like childhood as we know it is like or could be over, which I think is true. I think it's already over. Because say, as we know it, it's like there was no phones. There was no tablets in our childhood. It's different, but there's there's still ways you could have parental control over a lot of it. Like they can't go in. Like 
if you wanted to be like strict, like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give you a phone, let's say at a young age, you're obviously going to put, you could put parental guidance. So like they can't go to every website. They can't, which would make sense. Cause then, yeah, they'll be able to see crazy things, you know? Yeah. Porn. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying that you can't like monitor it. I'm just saying that, yeah, childhood as we know it is gone. It is over. Because technology has completely changed. I the disagree. Way that... I see kids play all the time still. Like just. I'm not saying they don't. I'm saying that childhood, as me and you know it, and me and our childhoods, there was no technology, right? Yeah, but that could be said about even our childhood versus boomers' childhood. Like yeah, it had, can be said about that. We had, Ninten <laughs> we had Nintendos and stuff. They didn't have that. Mm -hmm. They yeah. just had stickball and racism, so. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. It's always going to change. Mm-hmm. That's, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's, yes, yeah. that's true. That's, like, I... Yeah, but yeah, they're, they're making I it seem... That. I don't like the, the way they're making it seem like, oh, childhood's dead. Like, it's over. Like They're not saying childhood's dead. It's just childhood as we knew it is over. Yeah, it's like, they're making it so dramatic. Like, yeah, that's every generation. Like, that's that's just every generation. Well, this specifically is not every generation. I guess. I don't think boomers in their childhoods were sexting each other and sending naked pictures at five years old. No, but they were <laughs> being racist. Okay. <laughs> you know? I guess. <laughs> but yeah, so that's just kind of one thing I found, I guess, about that. Sorry, I had another paper with another article, but I can't find it anymore. Let's see, there's another one about the benefits of technology, which obviously there's always two sides to every coin, right? Yeah. So while there is some things that I guess are negative that come from technology, there's also a lot of benefits, especially within the classroom. Um, so this article is from Walden University, and it's called Top 5 Benefits of Technology in the Classroom. And I feel like it's a lot easier to incorporate technology within your classroom in a healthy way than it is to have technology at home in a healthy way because just by nature a classroom is very very structured and very 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 supervised <laughs> so yeah obviously the content of whatever they're looking at is going to be censored is going to be monitored the teachers are always like, going to know what they're doing. Yeah, pre-planned. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and the time will be limited because it'll probably just be like, oh, okay, so in this lesson we're going to do like 10 minutes of computer time or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like it's a lot easier to do that at school than it would be at home. Um, but I'm, I'm sure you can do it at home, too. It can be highly structured in your house as well. Right? I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, you could do... People don't take advantage of all the stuff you can actually do with devices. You could literally set timers on them. You could say, like, yeah. after two hours, it shuts off. They can't turn it back on yeah. unless you, like, put it in your... Pa There's a lot of stuff you could do. I've never really missed it. I haven't had to. Yeah. We but don't you have could, any You could do, like, on everything. TVs xboxes whatever mm -hmm. i think you can even probably have it like 
Google Home or Alexa integrated with it, like. Yeah. But yeah, so the five benefits, one of them, it says creates a more engaged environment, which Johnny did kind of touch on about yeah. like having certain technologies in the classroom that can make students more engaged or even have them break through those barriers of like fear, like fear of speaking publicly in that classroom or fear of um, making friends or whatever that could be. So I get that. Another one is incorporates different learning styles. And we are always, or I'm always talking about how classrooms should be individualized because every student learns in different ways. So again, that makes a lot of sense to me because there is a lot of different ways that you can incorporate technology to reach out to all of those students that might have different learning styles and not the typical one. Yeah. You know, like you can still read on some kind of technology device, right? But it can also read to you. <laughs> yeah. um, it can also be like a video where you can visually see it and learn about it. It can be something interactive where you're having to take a quiz or answer questions or whatever, you know? So that makes sense. You can even highlight it digitally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Same. Uh, another thing it says is improves collaboration, which makes sense to me. When I was in college, yeah, usually if we worked in groups, what do you think we did? Emails and chats. I don't know. Google Docs. And I was like, "What? Get drunk? Smoke weed?" No. <laughs> Google Docs, and we would share the Google Docs so that everyone could edit it. Yeah. And then you wouldn't have to set up like a time where everyone meets up to work on the project together or because everyone was always busy. You know, like you have different class schedules, you work sometimes, you have family, blah, 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 whatever. Mm -hmm. So that always made it a lot easier to work in groups. Yeah, that makes sense. Everyone could edit it, mm -hmm. do their changes. Some teachers didn't like that, though. Like, I remember some teachers telling us, like, don't use Google Docs. You have to meet up and work together and blah, blah, blah. That was annoying. <laughs> Get with the times. <laughs> yeah. I hate all these teachers because they freaking probably went to school paid for. They didn't have to work. Most kids have to work now. or It's different. I guess. Another one is prepares children for the future. And... I did have a gripe about that because, um, well, you're kind of saying this to me all the time, but I think in the interview as well, like you made a comment about my little brother and how he's such a dinosaur, right? Like he doesn't really know technology and I'm such a dinosaur too. Like most of the stuff I know about technology now, it's because of you, right? Like exposure that I've had because of you. <laughs> yeah. But, um... I did, I didn't say anything at the time because, I don't know, sometimes I just feel like I'm complaining, if that makes any sense. But then I thought about it afterwards, and probably there's a lot of people in the same boat. So well, I'm sure a lot of people don't. I wanted to voice it out, not just so that they don't feel alone anymore, but so that other people can take that into consideration when they're thinking about these things, if that makes sense. But... My little brother and I grew up poor, right? Like, 
I know you weren't rich or whatever, right? But we were significantly poorer <laughs> than you and your family. So we never really had any tech in our household because we couldn't afford it, right? So I think the only time we had a computer when I was growing up was when I turned like 15 and I used the money that I got like as gifts or whatever. We, I had a quinceanera, right? So in the Mexican culture, it's like a big, huge party, right? Um, and usually people give you money or gifts or whatever. So I used that towards buying a computer for us to have in our house because we never had one. <laughs> and then like a week later, it was stolen mm -hmm. from our house. So <laughs> it was like back to square one, you know? So we never really had a computer in our house. So usually it was like, I would use the computers in the library at school. I would go to like um, the youth minister at church, his house and use his computer at his house or stay at church after services on Sundays and use the computer in the office or whatever, right? But obviously the time was limited and I was always just there to do something specific like write an essay or print something. Right, so my use of technology was very limited. And then we didn't even have any like video games in our house either, because that was an unnecessary expense that we couldn't afford. <laughs> so like, I don't know. That's another thing, I guess, like you're always like complaining, I guess, about the <laughs> fact that I don't play any video games, right? But I, I don't know, that's just not how I grew up, right? I never, we never had any game consoles in my house. We never had a computer to play PC games or like anything like that. So yeah, um, I guess just take that into consideration if you're working with people or students or whatever that you're like, why are they such dinosaurs? Why don't they know how to use this or that? It's probably because they don't have any of that in their household. Or they never grew up with any of that in their household. I'll say fair enough for a kid. If you're an adult, it's just like, I don't know. Just Google things, how to figure it out. Like, that's all I did. That's all I do today. If I don't know anything, I'm just going to... Yeah, but I didn't even know that you could Google how to do things yes. until you started doing that. And then I was like, oh, let Maybe me you, just Google it. You went it. to school. Like, I don't know. I'm sure you had to Google things. I Googled things for information, like research yeah, projects. information. Or... All it is. Yeah, but I didn't know there was like how to's and stuff. There's how to for anything. Yeah, I didn't know that. Even now, like <laughs> I'm not used to that. That's not the first thing that I think of. The first thing that I think of is try to do it myself, just like poking everything. And then if I don't figure it out, I go to you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, David, do it for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so keep that in mind. Anyways, um, Yeah, it prepares kids for the future of <laughs> technology. Um, I think it's very beneficial to have it in your classroom because if they're not getting that exposure at home, like myself and my little brother, right, you can get that exposure in the classroom. Yeah. So I know even for preschool, they encourage us to have, like, technology time with the kids so that they are exposed to an iPad and how to use an iPad and blah, blah, blah. And you can even teach them what the rules are. Like, don't just start clicking videos. Like, if you want something, let me know and I'll put it on and just leave it. <laughs> right? Or computer time, teach them how to turn on the computer, teach them how to 
like use the mouse and what a cursor is and how to type things and blah, 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 right? Because that could all be stuff that they're not being exposed to at home. It's crazy. I had a student once. He was like really good at computers. There was one time where the sound stopped working. I was like putting a video. It was like a computer and it was connected to like speakers and a projector. And I was putting like Zumba videos for them and the sound wasn't working and I had no idea what was going on. I was like, I don't know what it is. Like four-year-old child, right? Is like, teacher, can I try it? And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. I don't know what to do, right? <laughs> like two minutes later, he fixed it. I have no idea what he did, but he fixed it and the sound started working. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Probably because he has one and he, he, he that happened to him before and he figured it out. Mm -hmm. Driving him crazy. But he's like, okay. One time he even like, I don't know what he did, but he like, it was like the coding stuff for some sort of page. And then he was like, look, and he like flipped it over and it was like a, like a white, like line or whatever, but it was like wiggly. Like he made it do that somehow. I was like, what? Like, what did you do? <laughs> I didn't even know what that was. So I'm guessing he must have had a lot of exposure with technology in his household, yeah. which is really awesome because obviously he was amazing at it. But yeah, another benefit, and I believe this is the last one that this article lists, is connects you with your students. Wait, what? That's the benefit, that it connects oh. you with your students. Technology connects you with your students. Yeah. I feel like if, if I was a teacher nowadays, like, I guess if I was, I don't know, there's like a lot of cool things you could do to try to be engaged more. Maybe not with young kids as much, maybe with the parents, but like, if you're a high school teacher, you could like, I don't know, make a page or something on. Yeah, I think, I didn't ask my sister, but I think one of my older sisters, she is a teacher and she would do that. Like she had like Facebook pages. I know she has an Instagram, like a teacher Instagram. And she like connects with her students that way or something. I personally would not want to do that. I mean, I teach preschool, so I can't do that anyways. But <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. For me, that's kind of weird. But um, yeah, there's also a lot of stuff like a class dojo. It's like some type of app or something where you like, I've only used it a couple of times when I was a substitute, but you put in the assignments and stuff and you can put in when they complete it and it like makes a noise. So it's kind of like a, like praise for them. Like the kids hear the noise and they're like, oh yeah, like I got a point or whatever. And then also you can, like the parents can connect through that so they can log into their class dojo stuff and like see all the activity in the classroom you can even take pictures while they're doing activities and upload it onto class dojo so that the parents can see it throughout the day um yeah there's like a ton of stuff that you can do on that but there's other um software i guess that would be yeah there's other software like that as well um, yeah i'm sure there is yeah yeah that connects you with the students and the parents with the classroom as well too which is pretty awesome and then I think your niece was talking about how they use Duolingo now in her classroom, right? I don't remember. I think she was talking, I'm pretty sure because I was like, what? Duolingo? But yeah. Duolingo's legit. Yeah, but I mean, what's the teacher doing if she's learning on Duolingo? <laughs> she gave up. She goes, I can't do it. <laughs> I'm going to have this app do it for me. She's just collecting the checks. <laughs> She's smart. She's playing 4D chess. 
But yeah, if you have any opinions on this subject or anything that you would like to share in general about any subject <laughs> or have uh, any ideas for subjects that you want us to cover, we did actually have a couple of people. I put that question out there on our Instagram. We did have a couple of people we respond. So that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> if you have anything you want to want us to talk about, let us know on our Instagram Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, our website. Oncampuspodcast.com. Mm -hmm. You can email us there. Yeah. Um, and you can, there's uh, little links to every social media down there, too. Mm-hmm. At the bottom of the page. You can um, also comment on the podcast directly on CastBox. Okay, I don't know if you can do it on Spotify. Oh, we're on Spotify. Oh, yeah, we're on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> I know I announced it already and on our iTunes, social media. I think, as well. We will be on iTunes. Prob well, probably by the time that this episode airs, we will be on iTunes. Yes. So, yes, we are on iTunes as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you can find us now on CastBox, Spotify, and iTunes. We're still waiting for approval or any sort of information from iHeartRadio so we'll keep you posted on that but yeah that's pretty much it thank you so much for listening stay tuned for next week's episode don't know what it will be about but we'll let you know <laughs> <laughs> if you have any topics you want to cover let us know and that way we can do that for another episode yeah but yeah thank Definitely. you so much for listening thank you bye